Welcome to Central Line, the AHA podcast. This is the official podcast of the American Animal Hospital Association, dedicated to simplifying the journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine for every member of the veterinary team. Here's your host, Dr. Katie Berlin. Hi, welcome back to Central Line. I'm your host, Katie Berlin, and we're here with another special on-site episode uh, at AHACON 2023 here in San Diego um, in our makeshift podcast studio, which happens to be like on the 32nd floor of this amazing building looking out over the harbor, and I can't stand it. It's so beautiful, even though it's a little rainy today in San Diego. But um, we have a guest here that I've been wanting to meet in person for some time. We've met over Zoom a few times, and um, I was just, I'm really impressed by um, you and your partner, Tyler's uh, just dedication at such an early stage in your veterinary career. So I'm very glad we're getting the chance to meet in person. Dr. Esmeralda Cano, welcome to Central Line. Thank you, Katie. Um, honestly, when you sent that email, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, this is an important person. <laughs> yeah, I'm not an important person. I just know. I'm not an important person. But I think you are doing really important things. And um, you and Dr. Tyler Primavera are doing, uh, are, have started a small business. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah. So Vetspacito, um, it's... It's uh, the best name. I just have to say that again. <laughs> Vetspacito is the best name. I can't get it out of my head. This is all Tyler. Tyler has been really the main spear in yeah. really leading Vetspacito to where it's at right now. Uh, currently, Vetspacito's goal is to really bridge that gap in language barrier. We're focusing on the Spanish-speaking community. Our goal is to really have resources for vet med professionals. This includes staff, uh, CSRs, receptionists, uh, technicians, assistants, and our veterinarians like myself. And so, I mean, I'm a fortunate that I speak English and Spanish. I grew up in a predominantly Latino community. I, my parents are immigrated from Mexico. They unfortunately don't speak English. So for them, it was a very big struggle uh, taking our pet to the, providing, yeah, mm -hmm. providing those veterinary care um, resources. And so, you know, when I was going, uh, growing up, I did a lot of the translating as a little kid and I still do it now. And so, you know, sometimes what we see often is that we have either family members, children translating in the rooms, uh, and we're hoping that, you know, they're able to translate big medical terminologies like from veterinarian to the child to the parents. And so sometimes that is a, that's a very difficult job as a 12 year old, even sometimes younger. And so what we're trying to do is really, we have these educational videos. Uh, it's a package that includes primarily general practice, uh, dentistry, heartworm prevention, vaccines, microchipping, everything that has to do with general practice because we really wanna, a lot of the issues come is that they don't know what's actually going on like the, at that preventative care stage. They don't, you know, not enough resources in Spanish mainly. And so our videos are meant to help them really understand what dental care is, why it's important to spay and neuter, why vaccines, deworming, fecal, heartworm prevention is important. And so like that we can avoid those you know, later down the road, emergency calls. Um, and so, yeah, we have educational packages that focus on those top general practice themes. And we do have other, we had created previous, um, a mix of G GP and ER videos, uh, but we've kind of condensed to mainly GP as mm. of now. Uh, but we still have those other ER uh, videos in our packages, as well as free brochures that you can visit our website for. They're very colorful and beautiful, though we worked very hard on, so I hope that um, 
you know, a top one, they're free. And we actually also have an intake form um, that is both in English and Spanish for people to utilize in their hospitals. Because sometimes, you know, we're having them fill these things out and they don't really, they don't really know what to write down. And, you know, I mean, they do have that, you know, basic knowledge. So mm -hmm. I think it's important that we really try to educate our community, especially if you're, you know, one of those veterinary professionals that's working in these communities. It's so important to have that staff, and even if you don't know Spanish, you can always have supporting staff that can be able to do translating, that those translation services for you. It's just so important for them to be able to come in, feel like they can connect with the people that they're going to the vet with, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, so much of that resonates with me because I actually had my first job in a veterinary clinic in Los Angeles, um, which is where you're from <laughs> um, and very close to us right now. <laughs> and I lived in L.A. for a couple of years um, while I was uh, sort of going through classes to apply to vet school. Um, and this is a long story, but uh, but my first jobs in vet clinics were in L.A. And so many of the clients did not speak any English at all. And we had assistants luckily on staff who were bilingual and could translate for us but without them it would have been a lost cause like we would not because I had definitely no veterinary relevant Spanish mm -hmm. you know it was like where's the bathroom was not going to be that helpful mm -hmm. and um, I I don't know what we would have done without those assistants and as I've worked in other areas that are not so heavily Spanish speaking um, it's been kind of eye-opening to see how few people actually possess that skill or even just the desire to learn it outside of areas mm -hmm. where that's as, as so representative of the population. Mm -hmm. um, but there are plenty of Spanish-speaking clients in other areas, and they're not being served. So what do you see as being one of the most essential ways that veterinary professionals now can start to bridge that gap? Yeah, well, the first thing, Vetspacito. <laughs> like I said, we have really great educational videos, packages that you can visit our website at vetspacito.com. Uh, we also also have brochures and intake forms. And the other thing is, if you truly, I know Tyler, my co-founder for Vetspacito, he's actually taken it upon himself to learn Spanish because after working in like a very heavy Spanish speaking population, he realized the need. And so he's, you know, private tutors for, I mean, obviously you don't have to go that extra mile, but even learning a word a day uh, that has helped, you know, I have a colleague that we work on a word a day. Um, I always tell people uh, Spanish um, soap operas. <laughs> I have yeah. friends that, <laughs> that actually watch soap, soap operas, and that's how they've learned Spanish. Um, you know, just hanging out, like meeting the culture. If you actually work within that community, get to know the community that you work for, dive into their culture, into their traditions, so you can understand a little bit of where they're coming from. Um, oftentimes, I think we tend to misunderstand them, and that's because we assume things that are not and I think you know whether it's financial things whether it's their culture we misrepresent them um, and it's just a lot of it is just that they don't know um, they don't they didn't were provided these resources like we were my family had to come to this country to provide me a better education and that really like set the foundation for me um, and so oftentimes like they didn't know realize that you know dogs needed vaccines um, and so I like through my childhood, I demonstrated to my parents that, you know, taking care of an animal, it's 
it's way different than it, what they were used to. And mm -hmm. so I was able to teach them that great lesson. And so that's as veterinarians, that's what we can do. We can teach them great lessons so they can teach their children and so forth, you know, increase the education within the community, um, as well as hiring veterinary staff that if, you know, if we don't have veterinarians that speak Spanish, have veterinary staff, like we mentioned, like the staff is a tremendous, like they spearhead everything in, mm -hmm. in clinics that lack um, veterinarians that speak Spanish. I used to work as a vet assistant in a before becoming a vet for three years and I was people thought I was a doctor and I'm like I am not <laughs> I am only an assistant and you know the fact that I established relationships with them um, they were they would call before they would come in just to make sure that they had someone that spoke Spanish because that's how comfortable they were so yeah. if you provide them with those resources in your clinic they will come even if you don't speak Spanish because you're making them comfortable and wanting to seek that veterinary care yeah I love all that and um I love that they would call like looking basically for you. They were looking for you and you were getting that experience before you ever became a doctor and that you were not just an assistant. You were an assistant, but very assistants are no less important. Um, and it made me think like we talk, we're talking now more about like ways to support your, your team members, not that continuing education and professional growth opportunities are important for everybody on the veterinary team, not just veterinarians. And this would be a great way if you have a team member who really wants to spearhead this but isn't fluent in another mm -hmm. language, um, who could maybe then take it upon themselves to learn enough to communicate with clients that speak that language. So if you live in an area that's like heavily, you know, um, Spanish speaking or Korean speaking mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, how can you serve that population better? It doesn't have to be you. It could be someone on your team who's always wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and they see that need too. So I, I love that. And it gives you a really good perspective as a doctor now, um, looking at, at the team around you and seeing who really wants that, who has that as a strength and who might want to learn it. Yeah, absolutely. I recently started doing some relief work at a nonprofit and I've realized they were really excited to bring me in for even if just a couple of days a month mm -hmm. to really, hey, we're going to have a Spanish-speaking doctor. They yeah. were just because it is in the main and South Central, really heavily Spanish-speaking community. And like the technicians were like, oh, wow, I don't have to go in there and like translate for you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it really does. It's, it's a big impact within that community. And just to know that the I always go in there and sometimes they're already speaking to me in Spanish before I even like to start introducing myself. So it's like they already they know and they're comfortable just talking to me and you know expressing their concerns and sometimes I can't even they don't let me go out of their room <laughs> so it's it really does make a difference and you know anyone can make the difference whether it's you don't speak Spanish just like my Tyler Tyler he's a big example of how knows Spanish and now he's actually doing so much like yeah. he's learned so much Spanish in the last couple of months I love uh, that um so question for you um we, we're talking a lot about uh, team members, like um, non-veterinarian team members. Mm -hmm. And uh, Veterinary Technician Week, this is probably going to come out after Veterinary Technician Week is over, but it's on my mind and on the minds of a lot of people here because we're recording this in late September. And so Vet Tech Week is coming up. And really, October is like a whole month of celebrating veterinary technicians at AHA because we have um, the first technician utilization guidelines mm -hmm. coming out uh, in October. And plus... Vet techs deserve to be celebrated. Right. So 
Um, I was wondering if you had a shout out to a vet tech in particular or to a group of vet techs who have really helped you um, in your in your journey so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Overland Vet Clinic team, they, they've been wonderful. Uh, the technicians, Lisa, Nira, Darlene, um, my CSRs, Helen, Maggie, y'all have been super helpful in these just my transition and walking me into like the hospital, the community there. Um, I I don't know how I would do it huh? until like my cat friend technicians, cat friendly and Michaela and Sam, like y'all really helped me and really, you know, empower me to continue to educate on like feline better handling and better practices because our feline friends need it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, uh, I really want to give a huge shout out to everybody else at the Overland team, all of our technicians. Um, everyone has done an exceptional job in really guiding me as like a new recent grad. I've had the pleasure to just continue to grow my skills because of them. This AHA podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit understands that all veterinary teams are busier than ever. To help patients get the care they need, the Care Credit Health and Pet Care Credit Card allows clients to access a budget-friendly financing experience anytime from anywhere on their own smart device. They can learn, see if they pre-qualify, apply, and even pay if approved, all on that smart device. With just a tap, they have a friendly, contactless way to pay over time for the services and treatments their pet needs, whether it be a general, referring, or specialty hospital, as long as they accept the Care Credit credit card. Fantastic. Uh, I think if you asked me to write down like who has taught me the most in my veterinary career, it definitely would not be veterinarians. It would be the technicians. And not just about medicine and patient care. Um, so much patient care. Oh my gosh, so much patient care, but also just how to relate to people and how how people on the team need and deserve to be treated. Um, I, I feel like you have a really good appreciation for that so early in your career, and I think that's wonderful. And it's going to help your mission at Vespacito too, um, because the the skills that you're describing are going to help everybody do a better job at whatever it is their role is in the clinic. So, thank you for being so passionate about that and knowing that right off the bat, like coming out of school, you know, gangbusters, like going for it. Um, I just, it makes me feel really hopeful. Oh, thank you, Katie. I appreciate it. It's, um, I'm very passionate about just bridging this language barrier gap. Uh, I'm very passionate about diversity and inclusion. Um, it's, uh, especially as a person of color, I, I struggled, I struggled to get here. And so all of this really motivates me and impacts me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I hope we'll get to see a lot more of you. <laughs> I think we will. Um, you were just helping at the Blend Vet today. Uh, event yes, today. Yes, shout out to Blend Vet. <laughs> yes, they're amazing. So Blend Vet um, can always use volunteers for the Pathway event. So we will um, post a link to them in the show notes also. I've linked to them many times because I love them so much. A husband, an early supporter of Blend Vet. So we love, we just can't get enough of them and they need all the help they can get. So yes. thank you for helping out today. Um, and thank you so much for coming by. Yeah. You're wonderful. <laughs> and um, I can't wait to talk to you again. And thanks to all of you for watching and listening. We'll catch you next time on Central Line. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Central Line, the AHA podcast. If you love what you hear, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. For more resources to help you simplify your journey towards excellence in veterinary medicine, we invite you to visit aha.org. That's A-A-H-A dot O-R-G.